Hello and welcome to the American Soccer Crash Course. The uh, producer got it together and was able to get us in studio today, got the equipment back um, from Thanksgiving journeys. Um, and Lodge, I think it's clear we have to talk about uh, what I'm wearing today, which is, of course, the my, elephant in the my, room. My, my Tyler Adams jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number um, four, baby. Yeah, how about it, guys? I <laughs> uh, had a little surprise on, on Monday when I got home back mm -hmm. to Chicago. Uh, I, I didn't, I remembered ordering this. Couldn't find a receipt for it. Just showed up at my door right before this this glorious Iran game. So uh, yeah, it was it was a big surprise. So I was good to get the elephant out of the room. You know, Christian, it sounded like you got a cold or something. Like there's something like almost in your nose or yeah. on your nose. I don't know what it is. No, but. I do have a cold and I might cough on multiple occasions. But I think you're referring to the the full clown suit I have going on. Maybe, maybe. Um, Lodge. Sometimes in your life, you start a podcast about the promising prospects of the U.S. men's national team. Um, and then you forget to account for the fact that they have a couple warm-up games before this World Cup, uh, and they look terrible. And it really, you know, throws you for a loop because you, you didn't expect this. Right. Uh, you bought fancy arms for your podcast mics, mm -hmm. um, and it really, it really throws you for a loop. And Shook you, you to the core. Yeah. It really did. And you uh, go on to make the foolish mistake after lots of hard work on the podcast. Uh, of saying that the U.S. men's national team won't make it out of the group. Um, and as a result, a little side bet you and I had, you end up on the pod in full clown gear. So yeah. I'm happy to be here, <laughs> truly. I yeah. mean, it's worth it. It's all, it's all worth it. But The um, jokes are going to be coming hot and, hot and heavy this, this episode, just so you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for okay. it. Um, and uh, ready, to get, ready to get going on the Dutch on, on Saturday. But mm -hmm. uh, I can't believe I'm going to be trying to get – give my best analysis in full clown suit. It's going to be, it's going to be something. Um, so lodge, I figured this is an episode that plays to your strengths, right? You're, uh, the, uh, tactician here, the, the knower of European football. I was, I would say mm -hmm. more, more than I, more of an American soccer super fan with still watches a lot of soccer. Sure. But, uh, sure. But yeah, so I'm excited to, to get going on this, this Dutch preview here. Mm -hmm. Um, so to start off with, the Netherlands were in Group A, which we pointed out was the weakest group. Uh, as Max Heath said, the group of potential kickbacks, right. thanks to Qatar being there. Uh, and they finished first. They had uh, two wins and a draw. They beat Qatar, which is, of course, a given. Mm -hmm. uh, Mickey then, Mouse group, some may say. You know, yeah. I think you might share a nose with him or something like that. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, and they ended up first. Followed by Senegal, who uh, beat out another, or excuse me, Ecuador in a close, close one. Um, but yeah, to get to them, Lodge, uh, we, we're going to go Q and A today. We got some some questions from our from our Instagram, um, and I want to start with saying, who on the Netherlands should we be worried about? Who who are their main men, their their stars, if you will? Sure. So breakout star number one, the guy we got to talk about, um, current Golden Boot. In the running, um, Cody Gakpo, um, who is a striker, plays in the Eredivisie, same league that Ricardo Pepe, who we've been talking up, didn't make the squad, um, actually has more goals than him, I would like to point out, in the Eredivisie, um, the, Dutch, the, le the yeah. Dutch league. Um, but Cody Gakpo is a breakout star that is playing striker for them, has three three goals, has scored in pretty much every game, or every game. Yep. Um, 
and has really just been clinical. Um, he's kind of a scary one to watch. Additionally, another name that you may know is Frankie de Jong. Um, he's a Barcelona player, plays in the midfield, um, very much an engine, a pace setter, somebody that we're going to see a lot with the ball. And then anything about his personal life? Um, oh yeah. About his personal (laughs) life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very, very beautiful, um, (laughs) girlfriend, um, Mickey Kimeni. I think I talked about her, uh, probably on this podcast. I talked about her on the last one, on the last one too. Yeah. Um, but she's great. So look out for her. M I K K Y K I E M E N E Y. We don't expect she's going to get many minutes in this one, but unless they really blow us out. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, the main kind of the main guy that you're expecting from this team to talk about Virgil van Dyke, um, world-class center back has won pretty much everything with Liverpool that is possible. Um, a little bit of questions around a, his fitness, um, B kind of the, this is his first world cup. So how is he going to start faring in the knockout rounds as well as Liverpool's play kind of this year is starting to show a few cracks in his otherwise impenetrable defense. Um, so those are kind of the three guys that you probably want to look out for. Yeah. Widely regarded for a long time as like one of the, the best defender, probably the best defender in the world. And some people went as far as to say one of the best players in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely seems to be dropping off a little bit, but you know what we have to throw at him may not be, as formidable. So let, let's jump right. Let's jump right into that. Um, we have a question from our friend of the pod, Carter Sperry, mm-hmm. who asks, um, "What do we do at striker?" He felt like Josh Sargent was poor. First of all, should we address that? Did you feel like Josh Sargent was poor? Uh, starting off, I think Josh Sargent did exactly what Greg Berhalter asked of him. I think Greg Berhalter is looking for a guy who can play hold up, not a guy who can always put the ball in the back of the net. That's just the way that he wanted. I think. When it was Jesus Ferrer and Ricardo Pepe in our last window going up to the World Cup, he said, I don't want a guy that can score goals. I want a guy that can play in my system, which, which yeah, is pretty psycho, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, but, yeah, Josh Sargent, a guy that kind of shares your hair, um, super, <laughs> super good at play. He's been v- incredible at doing exactly what Greg has asked for him, playing up against the back, um, do a lot of hold-up play, has had one or two chances, a couple glimmers, um, not really that much of a crack at goal, but – I don't know if that's necessarily what you need. I think what Carter's kind of referring to is, do you think he can do the exact same thing against Virgil van Dyke, which is a scary prospect to think of. Yeah. Virgil is a six foot four behemoth, um, scary man, fast as hell, um, is probably going to put a knee in your back if you're a striker facing away from the goal anytime that he has the opportunity to, mm-hmm. can run you down, can kill you at any, any specific way. Um, I think that probably Josh Sargent is the guy you start with still. Yeah, I, I like that. I, there was that one statistic on Virgil van Dyke and club play, right? It was something like, I don't know the number, but it was something where he went like multiple years without anybody like blowing Be- by him. Beat him on a, beating him on the dribble. It's insane. Yeah. 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 So uh, that, I don't think that's the way you're going to beat this team. I think it's probably going to be you just have to go around him yep. in some way, shape, or form. And I think Josh Sargent Not gives us the him. best opportunity to do that. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think. Uh, it's kind of funny, like in some of my, I think I mentioned this in the Iran preview, but uh, some of my friends were also texting about Tim Way and how they felt like he had a bad game. And I was like, yeah, he did. You know, he he definitely wasn't clinical by any means in that Iran game. But uh, I think him and Josh Sargent, even with that, did lots in the way of combining, dropping, right. like facilitating. Like, for example, Tim Way had the first touch on that, that 11 pass sequence that led to the plus mm-hmm. goal. So, um 
Yeah, I think I think a guy that that connects well. I mean, hey, we are not opposed to him putting it in the back of the net. No, but, we're not. But uh, I think, and then you look at the other options. Haji Wright has been awful. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think so? I don't think he's. I don't think he's been terrible. Okay. I think you know, kind of hard to come in. 70, 70th minute, 80th minute every time, trying to do the exact same thing, coming off a little bit of the pace. Yeah. Um, people definitely are going to make the argument he's taller, he might be more fit to play against Virgil. I don't think that that's something that we need to do right now. Yeah. might be something that when we get to the game, you make a second-half adjustment. Yeah. Right. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't play to his size, Haji, right here. Right. But uh, I wouldn't say he's done a ton to justify his, his – uh, ex- unexpected inclusion on the roster right. so far. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the sergeant train, I think. Otherwise, you're putting Jesus Ferrer in there, who, let's face it, Virgil van Dyke has will put the clamps up. on him. Yeah, yeah that, that will not be a problem for mm. Virgil van Dyke. So, <coughs> uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sergeant fan. So, mm-hmm. like I, I told you, I, I do have a cold. It's not just this. Right, right, right. This, this clown nose on me. Um, so... What can we learn from Dutch group stage performances? Uh, Lodge, I'm going to let you jump into really their, their whole setup um, and why, why they might be beatable. But um, they were very organized. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I don't think they played any of those three teams at a particularly uh, sharp. Yeah. I, I want to say the opposite of toothless. So mm-hmm. <laughs> with teeth, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, but no, no, Ecuador – uh, don't really have anybody crazy in the attack. Uh, Senegal uh-huh. was missing Sadio Mane, and then mm-hmm. Qatar is uh, Mickey Mouse international team. Right. Yeah. Um, the way the Qatar plays, you just want me to start getting into it? Yeah, just just maybe what you think uh, makes them potentially uh, – or, yeah, just what, what, what you learned from their group stage performance. Sure. So the way that the Dutch have played – since the beginning of time, since guys like Johan Cruyff, like legends of the game, it's called total football. So what they're trying to do is um, possession-based soccer where it's a lot of all the way building up from the back. It's not always quick, fast attacks, but it's more slow possession, slow build, all the way get up. Um, you know, you have things like skills and things like that that are used every once in a while, but it's really just about possession-based. The Cruyff turn. The Cruyff turn, yeah. Um their coach is now in his third stint as the national coach of the Netherlands, Louis van Hall. Um, every single time he has had a successor um, who has come in and tried to play a little bit more creative than him, and all of them have failed, and they have gone right back to this man who plays the most boring level of soccer that I have ever seen. Yeah. Still considered total football, but so boring. Yeah. What he does is essentially it's a 5-3-2 to get into the formation. Five defenders, three midfielders, two strikers. Um, he has the midfielders drop back where the kind of defenders are, gain the ball from there, um, has the strikers kind of gain back a little bit, and so you're playing out of the back. Funnel it out wide, and because you have five from the back, you're usually trying to overload a side, and so you're trying to have more numbers than the opposition, play around them, put somebody in either over the top to the way back um, if the ball is open, or just kind of funnel it to a corner, put in service from outside, and score from there. That is pretty much the way that they play and the way that they have boringly gone through this Group A in the most systematic way I think I've ever seen it. Like, it was just – you never thought that they were going to lose a game, but you were never like, wow, this team is good. You were never like, damn, they're, like, just outclassing everybody. So, in other words, lots of low percentage crosses and Mm -hmm. then, like, 
uh, low percentage, what like it's not so much playing over the top, is it? Or it's not necessarily playing over the top. I, yeah, I guess I misspoke. It's a little bit playing through the middle. You'll have a one, two here and there, but it's really waiting for the defense to make a mistake. Okay. It's, it's possessing similar to how Spain plays, but not as quick, I would say. So Spain is very quick and they try to get people to pull out position. Really what Netherlands does is they wait for somebody to just not be paying attention or be so bored with the way that they're playing, and then they, that's when they strike. Sounds like this game's really going to win over some casuals, huh? <laughs> we're going to throw Berhalter in the mix, and, and we're going to have a great time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you, you point something out there that I think might be of, of worthy discussion on a Netherlands pod. Netherlands is probably the team that's considered the best team to never win the world cup. Mm -hmm. Um, They had some legendary battles with Germany back in like the seventies and Mm eighties. Not a great, not a great shared history between the two countries. (laughs) And uh, I think there was also just very like football related rivalries that, that began, but they, they really have like legends of the game in terms of players. We mentioned the Cruyff turn. Mm -hmm. Johan Cruyff is kind of this guy who I believe with Barcelona. uh, Yep. He, I mean, IX as well, but Barcelona as well. Yeah. Um, and then just in the, like, kind of the modern age, guys that maybe you might ring a bell, Robin Van Persie, um, Arjen Robin made it to the final against Spain, ended yep. up losing 1-0. But that was kind of – final. Yeah, that was their last golden generation. These guys aren't necessarily a golden generation. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's because the World Cup is every four years. It's kind of like a collective group of people within that um, kind of window um, who – you have eight or nine guys from that generation who it's either their first World Cup or their second World Cup. They've had a little bit of experience. They've been playing with each other for all of their lives, and they're ready to like kind of take it on. And uh, yeah, like lots of people view them as like their most talented group ever, right? Right, right. And so Belgium, last World Cup, it was their golden generation. Yeah. They ended up placing third, which is incredible for a country of their size. But yeah, um, which Netherlands is pretty pretty similar. So yeah. the success that they've had, although they haven't won a World Cup, is still pretty remarkable. It is. It is for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, real, real innovators of the game and mm-hmm. like kind of a, a really iconic brand, you know, they, they have the, the yellow jerseys and the, uh, excuse me, orange, the orange jerseys, orange, yeah. the orange jerseys and the orange army that follows them everywhere. If you're an F1 fan, you've watched, uh, the, those same orange army kind of dominate the F1 races when mm-hmm. Max Verstappen's racing. So you're going to get the same similar deal when, uh, when, when the Netherlands plays and their, their support is rowdy. Yeah, like in, in high school when we had like our soccer camps preseason, we had Dutch camp, which was just a week of Dutch coaches coming over and practicing with us and really instilling their system. So oh, that's like, cool. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Did you, so you guys tried to play like the Dutch almost? Yeah, tried. Um, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't. We tried a three back and a five back for okay. like, a, I would say, a, a solid two or three games. And then we went back. Until, to our, the, until the, they went home. <laughs> yeah, until we got like our consistent four through three back. But yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they try new stuff, which is cool. Um, but they're really kind of set in their way of playing that same way. It's just kind of the formation that best supports it with their players. Yeah. Um, right now to talk a little bit about the personnel, as far as the wide guys, we have Daly Blind and Marcel Dumfries. Okay. Um, who are two relatively older guys. Dumfries is on the right, much faster, more built guy. Daily blend is on the left, kind of older, slower. And so when the ball is going to be on the left side of their field, we're going to see a lot more possession. When the ball is on the right side of their field, we're going to see a lot more runs in behind, a lot of pace trying to beat us, and then play across in behind. Okay. I think Daily Blinn is probably going to be putting in a lot of balls from a deep flying position, where Marcel Dumfries is probably going to be playing um, from a kind of closer to our end line. Okay. Um, 
deep line position like Denzel, excuse me, Denzel Dumfries, not Marcel. Gotcha. Um, deep lying meaning so from where our semicircle is on our half yeah. t- to the 18 in between that area okay. is where Daly Blinn is going to be playing a lot of his balls. More of an accurate passer, you think? And right. Then, and then the other guy, Dumfries, is going to be trying to use more of his athleticism maybe? Yep. Okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Hey, I'm, learn- I'm learning too out here. So, um, I'm learning too out here. <laughs> <laughs> Just, th- this, this, uh, this nose cold combo is really doing me dirty. Um, so, uh, why, why might they be beatable? If you, 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 if you mind if I take this one here. Go for it, please. <laughs> you all the questions. I've been talking too much. Yeah. No, you're killing it. You're killing it. Um, so, in my estimation, like you said, boring team, right? Um, scoring girl, goals at the World Cup by itself is difficult. We've talked about having a really good striker to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cody Gakpo has been scoring for them, but he's not really a traditional striker. Uh, and like we said, potentially they haven't played great competition. That's not to say they won't throw goals on us, but there's some caveats in there worth considering. Um, strikers are important, and there are other factors that just go against teams scoring goals. I mean, think of all the 0-0 games people have seen in the World Cup so far. Right. Think of the U.S.'s games where they <laughs> – we haven't hit over two goals in a single game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and t- these players generally don't have as much time and chemistry mm-hmm. together. Th- that's why club football can be more appealing on the eye because it's like they, they just know know their teammates a little bit better and they're, sure. more, they're more hand-selected to be really good fits. chemistry. Yeah, right. really good fits. Yep. Um, and so with those kind of factors that play against scoring goals – you need guys who can provide a moment of magic, somebody to really be the key that unlocks the defense, thread mm-hmm. the needle kind of thing. Um, we, we've had that with Pulisic so far. You know, Whatever doubts there may have been uh, to whether he could be that guy, like the jersey today, Yeah. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> How about it? I'll, I'll flash my Tyler Adams while we're at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need somebody to really unlock the defense. And despite the fact that they are loaded on the back line, they have lots of experienced defenders. I wouldn't, I don't look at anybody in the Dutch attack and really get nervous. Um, I would go so far to say that like, I mean, Memphis Depay is experienced and good, but he hasn't been playing with his club team. He also hasn't been playing with this team. He's been subbing in, I believe. Okay. He has been subbing, but he hasn't been starting. Right. I know. I'm, I'm building on it. I'm agreeing with you. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) My apologies. My bad. My bad. I'm not, I'm not calling you a clown or anything. <laughs> well said. Good point. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Frankie DeJong, he's pretty good. I mean, he, he, he's more than pretty good. But um, all-around midfielder, box-to-box, can certainly be creative. Sure. Um, but they don't have, like, a true number 10, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, although Gakpo might be it. Anyways, uh, they can – play a game that that lends itself to low scoring and maybe they don't pick the lock so to speak right um and so for the u.s what makes them be- beatable from a perspective of us in the year 2022 mm-hmm. um it, it's kind of funny you think back to 2014 when we played belgium in the round 16 right and tim howard made the most saves of any keeper ever in the world cup and we still lost yeah well what is that for me that tells you we hit our ceiling with that team, right? Right. That, that, that caliber of team. Um, and so what I would tell fans is, like, kind of look to the England game. Mm-hmm. That the way, you know, maybe there didn't end up being a goal in that game, but you saw how competitive the U.S. was 
uh, and namely how we were able to play in the midfield because the the MMA Musi mm-hmm. Musa McKenney and Adams, I think they can compete with some of the better teams in the world. That's what they showed against England, and that's what I would expect against the Netherlands. Um, you look down start to finish in our our team, right? Matt Turner, he's showing us lots of good stuff in, as a goalie, but you wouldn't consider him among the elite. Right. Our defense has been pretty damn pretty damn good. Haven't conceded from open play, but uh, not world beaters by any by any stretch of the imagination. And then our front line, uh, we mentioned how striker is mainly a weak point. However, our midfield is right up there. Maybe not with the best in the world, but can play with the best in the world. Sure. And so if if the Dutch are struggling to get a foothold in this game because McKenney, Musa, and Adams are playing their destroyer role mm-hmm. and really getting in there, mixing it up, and, and making life difficult for them, um, they don't have as much of a reliable source to pick that lock, and that's how we could really disrupt the game, make this game last long, put it into you know the last 20 minutes of it, hopefully tied, or even uh, – push extra time or, or worse penalties. Right. Um, and we could make this a very difficult game for them. Have the U.S. just really be a team that's difficult to play against, and that's kind of a route for success. Or we go out and play like we did against England and create chances, and who knows, maybe we're the, we're the more mm-hmm. uh, aggressive team. But that's how I would view them as beatable. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the last World Cup. Like, the team that ended up making it to the final, Croatia. Yeah. They did not win a game from open play, I don't believe, in the mm-hmm. entire World Cup. I think it was they made it to pens, they won in pens. They made it to pens, they won in pens. Yeah. They, it was pretty much just grit all around. I don't think we necessarily have to play that exact way, but when we're only having two goals go in in the entire group stage, yeah. it makes you think, do we have the type of guys to kind of have that type of performance? I think against this Netherlands team, because of the ways that you talked about that that attack that they have, I'd agree. Um, the only thing that really scares me about them is set pieces. When you're getting guys like Virgil van Dijk, Matthias De Litt, Nathan Ake, they're center backs, giant guys. Yeah. We don't necessarily have the, the height to deal with them when yeah. it comes to set pieces. And so I think it really becomes a question of what Greg wants to do when it comes to the second half when we may be in a 0-0 game, we may be in a 1-0 game, and we need to make a decision of whether or not we're going to put in height. I hope he makes a decision to put in height, and I hope it's the right guys. So building on that, another question we got was, is Walker Zimmerman at center back or Cameron Carter Vickers at center back? Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, the first two games, he called on Walker Zimmerman. And then for this third game, he went with Cameron Carter Vickers. Presumably... uh, Walker Zimmerman may be thought of as the the guy in terms of his the way he's established sure. himself in the team, the the comfort level he's mm-hmm. established himself with, but also good in the air. I he showed that at the end of the Iran game for sure. For sure. Um, and then Cameron Carter Vickers was didn't have that same comfort, didn't get as many uh, looks in with the mm-hmm. team in the past year and a half until this this big start he was handed, but uh, probably speedier than Walker Zimmerman. So he was able to deal with uh, the threat of the Iranian counterattack. Now, I would say Cameron Carter-Vickers played excellently, uh, probably better than Zimmerman's first two starts. Sure. So how do you reconcile this between the set-piece threat of the Dutch, their, their big towering presence, um, and then maybe just how Cameron Carter-Vickers did last game. Who would you choose between those two guys? 
you know, it sucks because I want to say I want to see us play the type of football that would like be winning a game, type of soccer that would be winning a game as opposed to defending a game. Yeah. But in this scenario, just based on the height and the pure set piece threat that the Dutch po that the Dutch kind of opposed to us, I would definitely say it's got to be Walker Zimmerman. Okay. I mean, like you saw the last 20 minutes of that game. Yeah. He was a monster. He won yeah. every single ball in the air. Um, everything that came to him, that's just instilling confidence into him. To go up against the best in the world, he's going to have to do that. I don't think Cameron Carter-Vickers brings us that. How tall is he? He's, he's only like 5'10", 6 foot. Yeah, because I saw him next to like Pulisic in the like um, in the starting level when they were doing the national anthem, and I was like, holy shit, this guy is not tall. 6'1". <laughs> um, Really, that's, that's actually decent. Actually. Really, yeah. Okay, I th- I'd, I'd still go with the six four guy, but okay. Um, I'm gonna say Walker Zimmerman. What about you? Man, I was leaning Cameron Carter Vickers, but you're sort of talking me into it. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean they got some serious athletes back there. You know, I think I'm still gonna go Cameron Carter Vickers because I'm hopeful that the U.S. can actually come out here and play. I'm not overly impressed by the Dutch. Obviously, set-piece threat is going to be there, whether we have the ball or not. Right. Probably more prominent if they have the ball and are forcing corners and stuff like that. But right. I actually feel good about our chances to, to run the midfield um, and, and shock the Dutch. I don't really have – I don't really rate them among the, the big – the best teams, I should say. They're mm-hmm. still one of the best teams. Yeah. But, um, so I think I would rather go with Cameron Carter-Vickers, who I, I feel, just feel confident as an overall player with – um, after that last performance yeah for sure I mean I the only reason that I'm doing it is because I go back to that Wales game where they just threw up three strikers all the way up top big guys and we just had no answer and it was yeah. the scariest thing that I've ever seen yeah um that that's the only reason that I would go with him I like I like CCV better than I like Walker Zimmerman but just for the way that this game I think is going to go we probably have to go that way yeah um just to close out with like kind of an injury update uh, Christian Pulisic, quote-unquote, pelvic contusion. Mm. Yeah. Uh, put his body on the line for sure. But uh, it looks like he will be back. Um, it seems like our camp is really keeping their cards close to their chest in terms of some, some of our injuries. Continued speculation about Gio Reyna, mm-hmm. uh, who, who appeared to be not happy. If you saw the video, oh, of, yeah. there was this really cool video that was 95% really cool of the team coming into the hotel after the big win. And uh, Gio is marching in as everyone's clapping. He's still got his headphones on. Yeah, he's pissed. Yeah, he looks pretty salty. Doesn't give Pulisic a yeah. hug, who is greeting everyone. Uh, don't don't love it. Honestly, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but it kind of bothered me. I mean, it, 20-year-old kid, put him in that yeah. position. Yeah. He's expecting to play. He probably had... I mean, Greg said that he didn't put promises in anybody's head. He probably put promises in Gio's head. Um, it's frustrating from his point of view. At the same time, as a professional, I think you got to move on. But it's difficult to call a 20-year-old a professional because I know if I were in that situation, <laughs> I'd be mad as hell too. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I, um, I, I'm not like – the last thing I'm going to do is try and be like a hot take merchant with Gio here. But like I personally do few, view – Excuse me. I do think fans maybe love the idea of having a silver bullet unused or even love the idea of hating on Burhalter, albeit I totally agree Burhalter should have played him more. Um, but uh, if your team's winning, 
I, yeah, I, I would prefer he be a little more of a th- uh, pro about it. And, like, I just don't think U.S. soccer, like, owes so much to Gio Reyna. If he's so damn good, like, he can go out and figure it out, whether it be here here or at Dortmund. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just – I'm getting a little tired of the, the discourse around him. But Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean I, I if Pulisic's not good to go, I want Gio Reyna playing. Oh, 100%. Um, I want Brendan Aronson still as that spark plug. I think he's done that tremendously, better yeah. than any of us ever, ever imagined for this tournament. Yeah. Every single game he has come in and impacted, and he's been kind of the star of the second half. Yeah, yeah, agreed Agreed there. Um, all right, going to end you like we're skipping Shannon or some shit. Did Pulisic become the GOAT? Oh, my God. Here we go. Mm. Let me this, this, uh, pick a side, and I'm going to argue the other side. Okay. Yeah. Um, pick a side. Um, I think he did somewhat underwhelmingly because I think we all had a feeling this would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could have, could not have. I mean, the World Cup only comes every four years, right? So, Well, uh, what the hell? You're a clown, man. <laughs> what about Landon Donovan in the 90-whatever minute against what? Algeria? Yeah. To get into the knockout sorry, rounds? Sorry, Pulisic scored way earlier than that. No. Or you you want to... We're talking about big time games. We're talking about big time players. Landon did it better. Okay. What about Clint? <laughs> I mean, Clint's a, Clint's Clint's up there, but okay. for me, eh. wow, yeah. Wow. We're talking I'm about. I'm not gonna lie. I'm very surprised by the, the energy you just picked up there. I just I had I to, forgot I was a clown. You kind of made me feel bad. I had then. to go skip. I thought you were Shannon. <laughs> I, <was so> shameful. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were. I forgot we were role playing. Yeah, yeah. The FS1. That's been one of my favorite things about this World Cup. Is a game will end and it'll be like. Because of yeah, all the stoppage, right, right there. Yeah, the game, like the stoppage time has become so crazy that it runs into the other TV blocks, mm-hmm. and so they'll be like, "And the game is over. Mexico's eliminated, and here's Skip and Shannon." Um, so that's pretty classic. But, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't. Skip. Skip. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I I see it from both angles. I think he's been the biggest big time player big game player for us that you could ever ask for he was the one that ushered it in we still call him the lebron james of soccer when it goes down he'll probably be the goat i don't know if this is the game that does it just because i mean honestly i don't fucking know the more you think about it right no the more it didn't it didn't it's that question was the first thing from your mind yesterday but like yeah it's kind of interesting it usher it ushers in like the because it's bringing in all the non-soccer people to be like wow soccer's cool like he was he was the guy and now he's doing it on the biggest stage like we had talked about it um at length leading up to the world cup and to see him do it there cool goosebumps i have goosebumps right now thinking i mean you got girls thirsting for him all over tiktok yeah that's good for the brand we Mm -hmm. love that from the casuals we do we do um and good, definitely good to see your franchise player score, and just happy for the kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an epic Snapchat from the hospital bed. So yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. Glad to bring you this Netherlands highlight. Um, Lodge, I was worried we weren't going to have any more podcasts to do, but but uh, gl- glad to be doing it. And um, yeah, let's beat them. I think we can do it. What's your pr- What's your prediction? Sorry, real quick. Lineup still the same. Then you want Zimmerman and for. And then, yeah, we're pretty probably, much good everywhere else, right? Probably. If if Christian's hurt, as you said, I probably won Geo. Okay. Um, straighten your tie. It's kind of messed up. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, but no, the, the lineup's probably the same. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I want I want the same exact lineup as the other one. And so you just want Zimmerman and then right. Geo potentially. Uh, yeah. So score prediction. I'm not going to make a prediction on the end time score. I think I'm going to make a prediction on the 90th minute score. And I think it's going to be 1-1. <laughs> Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Like that. Um, yeah. I. 
despite may, maybe being a clown um, and saying that the U.S. wouldn't make it out of the group stage, I did have a feeling that because of the expectation, not, not that the expectation was crazy. There's expectation on every but single team. Before we, before we go into it, sure. if you're going to give us like a positive spin, just know that you're wearing a clown suit because of your bad take. So you might yeah. want to give us a bad take so we like keep on going on. Mm, but then I got to keep wearing this shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, wearing clown suit, going well, into the wrong I don't know what it's like to stand on the wrong, <laughs> the wrong side of a bad take. I just want to be right for once. Um, and so my take that I've said for a couple of weeks now is if we get out of this group, it will have meant that we did something good, which mm -hmm. was I think we did show first half Wales, all game England, first half against Iran that we can seriously play. I think we can play. I think we're going to go beat the Dutch 2-1. Um, I think we're going to do it in regular time. There it is. So uh, let, let's do it. I, I, feel, I feel felt better that we would get to the quarterfinals if we made it out than I did feel good that we would make it out of the group, if that makes sense. Makes sense. I think we're, we're a young One team. One-off games, we can do it. Yeah, so we're a young team susceptible to momentum, and I think we got it right now. So let's go do it. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, this didn't consult you about this, but I'm thinking uh, Old Crow on Saturday. We um, Liam was looking at a reservation upstairs. you got to get a reservation. I ah, assume. okay. So there's, there's, there's talk. There's also talk of – putting two TVs down here, inviting over a bunch of people, getting a bunch of alcohol and food. Okay. Um, we'll think about what we're doing. I'm not going to dox where I live or anybody yeah, for anybody not, out there. Not quite, but yeah. Texas for the Addy. We'll see if you see if you make the cut. We'll see. We'll see if you know five casuals that were on the, uh, <laughs> were, that were on the American soccer crash course as the test. But, uh, you know, if there's a scenario where we can get everyone together at a bar that's in Chicago, that would be an absolute blast. So yeah. we'll, maybe we'll look, look out for that on the socials, but thanks again, guys. Always a pleasure. Um, Go, go, USA. Also, real quick, a couple of storylines I would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Unfortunately, Lodge and I just jumped off, but got to talk about it real fast. Right back to Gino Dest, who was our favorite player in the Iran game. We thought he played fantastic. Uh, this Netherlands game is a really unique game for him. If you go back and check our, I believe it was like sixth episode out on Sergio Dest, um, he came from the Netherlands. He was in the Ajax Amsterdam uh, soccer academy growing up and that's where he really honed his trade grew up uh, and really made a big move choosing the U.S. over the Netherlands so he'll be a good one to keep your eye out during the game on Saturday because this is you can't even imagine what's going to be going through his head effectively facing the country of his birth where so much of who he is uh, really comes from um, so it'll be an interesting one for Serginho. And lastly, I know we talked a lot about Josh Sargent, but uh, right now we have no record on whether or not he's going to be playing, how he's feeling. Uh, it looked like it was a decently bad ankle injury, but um, unclear whether or not he's going to be able to go. Like we've said with, with Gio and with, uh, with Pulisic at times, or Pulisic right now with his groin injury, um, our team seems to be really keeping the, the cards close to their chest in terms of revealing what exactly is going on. So uh, those two things, couldn't leave without it. Just needed to butt in real quick.